I guess walk you through Acts chapter 1 today, basically, make a few little reflections on it. So I'm not going to read it word for word, I'm just kind of going to give you a bit of a, an overview. I'm going to give you the Annette paraphrase version of Acts chapter 1, all right? And so basically we've got uh, this fellow called Luke, who's also written the Gospel of Luke, and he's writing a letter to someone with the name Theopolis, okay? Anyone know someone called Theopolis? Probably not. And so he's saying, hey, hi, Theopolis. Do you remember in my, in my last book, I, I wrote about all the things Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was whisked away back up into um, heaven after giving some instructions to us, to the apostles by the Holy Spirit. And um, after suffering, so after he went to the cross, he presented himself uh, to the apostles and gave many convincing proofs that he was, in fact, alive and not dead. And so he appeared to them for a period of about 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God, all right? On one occasion while he was eating with them, isn't it interesting that he, he, he mentions, on one occasion when Jesus was eating, I mean, what a funny thing to say. Why do you think he said that? It's just evidence of the fact that Jesus was actually physically real it wasn't some sort of spiritual being or a bit of a mass hallucination he's saying hey this jesus human flesh and blood alive eating food okay um so what one day while he was eating he gave them this command do not leave jerusalem he says but wait for the promise of the father which we have heard me speak about for john baptized with water but in a few days now you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so then all of Jesus' disciples, then they gather around him and they're a bit excited. They're like, Lord, is this the time when you are going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said, no, 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 no. It's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. But, but, this is what is important to know. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, to the very ends of the earth, everywhere. And after Jesus had said this to his disciples, it's kind of like this cloud thing came and he was like, heaven, gone, all right? And um, as you can imagine, the disciples, like you and I would be, they're standing there kind of, you know, they're looking, kind of been intently going, what's going on there? <laughs> Where did Jesus go? Like, huh? And all of a sudden, some men in white kind of appear before them. And they say, Galileans! I don't know whether these men in white have like white sunglasses or in like white suits or something, I don't know. But they're like, Galileans, aliens, no, Galileans. Um, and and why, why, are you, why are you staring? Why are you looking there? Um, you know, the same Jesus that you saw go like that, he's going to return from heaven in the same way one day. And, and so the disciples then decide they'd better do what Jesus said, which was stay in Jerusalem. And so they're there in Jerusalem, and they've gone to the upper room. And what are they doing in the upper room? Painting? Did someone say they're painting? Wait. Wait, oh, waiting. 
They're waiting, yes. <laughs> and while they're waiting, they're not painting, they are, they are praying, aren't they? All right. And so there's a whole crew of them there. There's, um, let's see, who have we got? We've got Peter, John, James, Andrew, Peter, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, uh, Simon, the Zealot, and Judas. Not the nasty Judas, another Judas, okay. Um, and they're praying and there's like Mary, the mother of Jesus, and there's some other women, and there's the brothers of Jesus. There's a whole crew of them. And they're just there praying. And sort of uh, the rest of the chapter there is basically as they're praying, Peter gets up and says, hey, folks, uh, you know, Judas, you know, did the wrong thing and Judas now died in a rather gruesome sort of way and, you know, that place where he, he uh, died is now called the field of blood because, you know, the intestine thing happened. And um, we've, got to, we've got to choose his replacement, okay, because there's only 11 of us and, and they really like the number 12. That's just it's a special number. They just, 12 is symmetry, isn't it? They just needed 12. They're Israelites. They needed 12, didn't they? So they had to choose a replacement. So uh, they chose between, there was Matthias and uh, who else have we got there? Uh, Joseph, uh, not, not the, you know, stepdad of Jesus, Joseph, another Joseph. There's sort of limited names in the Bible. Have you noticed that? They just have to reuse names all the time. But anyway, so they said, we need someone who's been here on the job with us since the time that um, John was baptising through to when Jesus got kind of whisked away back to heaven. We need someone who's a witness to the resurrection. And so they pray, they cast lots, and the lot fell to uh, Matthias, I believe. And he was added to the 11 apostles, so there was 12 again. So that's a really quick overview of Acts chapter 1. Now, um, any... uh, any Star Wars fans here? And I know, I know there are some, so you can't pretend there's not, but are there any Star Wars fans? Good, good. Oh, oh, there's more. I knew there'd be at least one. Ooh. Put your hand up again. I didn't see everyone. One, two, three, four. Okay. Yep. Is that a hand down the back there, um, Phoenix, or are you just... No, just... Okay. Uh, we, we've had a few reruns in our house in the last few weeks. Um, Steve's trying to, you know, pass on the force to the, the younger generation. Um, but you know, like in the Star Wars movies, there's kind of like that original trilogy, isn't there? There's the original kind of story. And then they, they went and did the sequel story, didn't they? And then they went and did the prequel. Right, so we've got your, your story, your sequel, and your prequel. So... Interestingly enough, if you want to sort of think about it like this, um, the Gospel of Luke is kind of like the, the story, all right? Acts is the sequel. And there's a prequel. You know that? There's a prequel. Do you know what the prequel is? The prequel is the book of Genesis, okay? Well, this is what I think. Mind. That's what I think. I think Genesis is, is, the, is the prequel. Because right, remember, what you've got to know is this. We, remember we preached through Genesis last, last year. And remember, the thing with Genesis is God made Adam and Eve to be image bearers, didn't he? And, and so they were to fill the earth with God's good image. Remember he said, be fruitful and multiply. All right, so they were to go out and they were to subdue and tame the world into the image of God with God's good rule and reign. And so they were to be image bearers. 
across the earth. They were to fill the world with the knowledge of God and the worship of God. They were the, you know, the, the blessed ones through whom all of the world was to be blessed. We know what happened though. Adam and Eve, they, what did they do? Sinned. Adam and Eve sinned. And so what happens? Humanity instead fills the earth with the broken and corrupted image of God. Okay? So just sort of hold, hold that thought. God's plan has always been to fill the earth with his good rule and reign, hasn't it? With his goodness, with his love. And so in the book of Luke and in the book of Acts, what we see is God's good rule and reign going out into all the world, starting not at the Garden of Eden, but starting in Jerusalem and then going out to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, okay? And so in the Gospel of Luke, we see that a way back into relationship and fellowship with God is made and so what was broken in the Garden of Eden is restored in Jerusalem at Calvary, all right? And so followers of Jesus are reborn in the image of God. And in Acts, we see the, the followers of Jesus as reborn people spreading out, spreading out the fruit of a reborn life into the world. Love, peace, unity, fellowship, good living, generosity. And they demonstrate what it is to, to, to live a new life under the leadership of Jesus under the worship of Jesus, under his rule and reign. And they, they bring that out into every nation, every tribe, every tongue. And they call others into this reborn life through their testimony, through their preaching, through miraculous events, through healings, all sorts of things. Right? So that's the context of what we're looking at when we look at the book of Acts. So I want you just in the back of your head as we head through this series, I want you to have that, that Genesis idea of, of that the, we're, we're blessed by God to be fruitful and to multiply and to bring God's good image, his rule and his reign and his worship out to the very ends of the earth. But there's one thing that's needed for this mission to happen the promise of the Father. Okay? The promise of the Father is needed. And that's what Acts 1 is all about. It's about the promise of the Father. Jesus says, to do this, to complete this mission I have for you, you need the promise of the Father. And what is the promise of the Father? It's the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Acts, uh, Acts 1, 4 and 5. Uh, it says, uh, Jesus gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Now, the disciples don't know the details of all this. It's all rather mysterious, isn't it? You will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. I mean, I mean, even when we know what that kind of is, it still sounds a bit, bit weird, doesn't it? I don't know. Maybe some of you here today going, yeah, baptised with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I don't know about that. It sounds a bit 
you know, scary, hey? A bit strange. <laughs> Maybe it is. It's good strange. Uh, but they don't know the details. They're just told to wait. Wait in Jerusalem. That's an easy enough thing to do, don't you think? Who here is good at waiting? All right, maybe that's not an easy enough thing to do. I don't know. Wait. And they're told, power's going to come. All right. When the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and then they're told they're going to be witnesses into all parts of society. So that's really all they know. What do you think they would have been thinking, those disciples? What would you have been thinking? Wait, you're going to get power. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and you are going to be witnesses to all parts of society. What do you think about that? You know, Jesus didn't just say that that's for those apostles way back then, did he? You know, the same promise is for you today. And we see the, the, the apostles, you know, the, the key leaders, that's just a word for key leaders, and Mary and the women and the brothers of Jesus. Verse 15 says there's about 120 of them gathered. And they gathered there and they are waiting. Here we are. Not quite 120, but still a pretty good number, I reckon. Hey? And, and it's the first Sunday our service is back, February 2022, and we are gathered, and we're waiting, aren't we? We're waiting on God for something to happen. Amen. We know the mission. You know the mission. I don't need to tell you the mission. I can remind you of the mission, but I know that you know the mission. We know that God wants his earth filled with his goodness and his love and his life and his rule and his reign. Is that true? We know that we are called to be his witnesses in Kuleman, in the Kuleman Shire, in the Riverina, beyond, to the very ends of the earth. And here we are, gathered, waiting for the promise. The clear message in Acts for all believers, doesn't matter who you are, if you're a believer, this is the message for you. The church must be filled with the power of the Spirit for her to accomplish the mission she is called to. And if you're familiar with Acts, you'll know that at times this mission is, oh, jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring. I mean, total amazement. Miracles, healings. At times we see the most incredible unity of the church and fellowship and and love amongst believers and it stands out as something so beautiful and so different to what the rest of society is. And we see people from all walks of life living and and sharing life together in ways that breaks down all social barriers, all economic barriers and all cultural barriers. It's amazing. And if you're familiar with Acts, you'll know that the church grows. 
not just a little bit, exponentially. But you'll also know that at times there is great persecution, great suffering, great pain, trials, conflict, disagreement amongst the church. And the church is scattered, isolated, and hindered. For the good and the amazing, as well as the bad and the difficult, Jesus knows we need the promise of the Father. You know, without the power of God, without the baptism in the Holy Spirit, uh, there, there won't be miracles and we won't hold steady in times of suffering. That's just all there is to it. The church in Acts only exists because God has acted upon them, because God has done something. God has revealed Jesus Christ to them and then he has filled them with his spirit. He has baptised them in his power. The church just isn't the church without it. And we, CSC Kuhlman, Narendra CRC, we only exist because God has acted upon us. He has revealed Jesus to us, hasn't he? He has called us together. You're not here by accident. None of you are here by accident, from the youngest to the oldest. None of you are here by accident. He has called you. And he's given you his Holy Spirit. He's made us alive together in Christ. He's made us new creations. And what we see in Acts is the power of the Spirit coming upon believers and immersing them in the Spirit in such a way that they carry something of the presence and the power of God with them into the world. And don't you just want to do that too? The word baptise, I'm sure you know this, it means to be immersed, dipped, completely saturated. I'm telling you this, when a human being is completely immersed and saturated in the power of God, Yes. Now we're talking. Hey? Don't you want that? Don't you want that? Yeah. Are you filled with that power, church? Come on. Hey? I mean, you might believe in Jesus. You might know that he saved you from your sin. You trust in him for eternal life. But have you been filled with the promise of the Father? Have you been filled with the power of the Spirit? I mean, you've bought the car, but have you put fuel in the tank? I mean, maybe you've never experienced this. Maybe maybe this is all just kind of new to you. Maybe for for some people, even some people listening, Maybe you've, you've never been reborn into the image of God. Maybe, maybe that's a new thing for you. 
Perhaps you are a believer, but this kind of power of the Holy Spirit vibe stuff is like a little bit new to you. And you're not too sure what to think of it. And you're not too sure if you have been immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm telling you this. If you're not sure, you probably haven't been. Because if you have been, you know about it, don't you? Anyone who's been immersed in the power of the Holy Spirit, oh, you know, you know. Maybe you have been immersed in the power of the Spirit, but you know you just need a refilling. Because life has this way of like, it's like where these, I don't know why these images just came to mind, but anyway, one of those trees that you tap for maple syrup, you know, and it's sometimes the world just kind of seems to sap all of the good sap out of us, just kind of wants to, to take all of that sweetness out of us, and we feel like we're just constantly being drained, you know, and, um, and you see, so you know you need a refilling. You can't fill your own tap there. Now, being filled with the Holy Spirit, it, it, it's not just this one-time thing like salvation. Salvation, it's a one-time thing. You're saved, done, all right? Saved as you're saved as you're saved. You're saved, all right? But, but the Bible really does talk about um, the, the Holy Spirit filling us in an ongoing, continual basis, all right? So Ephesians, it talks about being filled. And, you know, I don't want to get all Greek verby on you, but it's, it's a continual present tense, okay? Which means just keep on being filled. It's a continual thing, all right? Um, we see, as we see in the book of Acts, we're going to see that believers who are filled with the Spirit at Pentecost in Acts 2, they keep praying to get refilled again, and we see them getting filled again for whatever urgent task or mission is at hand. So we need to be continually full and filled with the Spirit. Do you have fresh power for the need that is at hand today and tomorrow? Do you? Are you full with the power of the Spirit? Is this promise from the Father your daily reality? So I tell you what, none of us have what it takes to live out God's purposes in this world. I mean, on my own, you know what? I'm like, I'm like Peter. You know the whole rooster episode? <laughs> I mean, I'm like that. Like, I'm scared to speak about Jesus in public. I'm more worried about my image and what others are going to think of me and, like, worried about being condemned or bullied or ridiculed. You know? On my own, I'm, I must say, on my own, I'm a bit like Judas, like a bit selfish, greedy, self-seeking, not faithful, a sellout. On my own, I'm like Thomas, cynical, doubting, unbelieving, grumbling. Hey, do you ever get the grumbles about your family or your work or your boss or church or whatever? The weather. You know, if we can't grumble about anything else, we'll grumble about the weather, won't we? No, oh, it's so hot. No, oh, it's so cold. No, oh, it's so humid. No, oh, it's so dry. <laughs> On my own, I'm, I'm like Martha. Seriously, I'm like Martha. Like, I'm always thinking I have to do the work and get frustrated when others don't live up to my expectations. And I think if I work harder, it'll all happen. 
God will be impressed. I'll feel more loved or something. Hey, are you relating to any of this? On my own, I'd be a disaster released into ministry. You know what? You'd be a disaster too. <laughs> you would be on your own. I don't know, maybe, maybe you realise all the ways that you're a disaster now. I mean, maybe there's, there's conflict in your family. Maybe you realise your own exhaustion, trying to serve others all the time, your own selfishness, trying to get your needs met, trying to be noticed, trying to be loved, trying to be accepted all the time. Maybe you're cynical. Maybe you're angry, angry at what's happened to you, angry at what hasn't happened to you. You know, no one can do anything right by you. You doubt that God can or wants to even change what's happening to you at the moment. Can you imagine a church full of scared, greedy, cynical, ambitious overworkers? What a disaster. The mission to be witnesses for Jesus to the ends of the earth, it's not going to go so well if that is who the church is. And unfortunately, that is often the reality, isn't it? If the church, if Christ's bride is not immersed in the Holy Spirit, we won't be that radiant, beautiful, pure bride. We won't be different. We'll look like every other organisation on the planet and every other human being on the planet. And you don't want that and I don't want that. You, we, we, we need to be filled with the Spirit. We need the promise. So this is what you need to do as we wrap up. We need to do what the disciples in Acts did. All right, so what did they do? They waited. They waited for the Spirit. Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem for the promise. Like he knew they were keen for action, but knew they'd be a disaster if they didn't get the promise of the Holy Spirit first. So he told them to wait. All right? And so Jesus says to us, wait for the power of the Spirit. Don't do it on your own. Fill up on me first. Whatever your hopes or your dreams are for, for ministry, for your calling, for your family, for this church, for your, for your work, for your study, whatever it is, in 2022, stop and wait on the Father first. Prioritise that in your life. Prioritise it. And so I think we need to ask ourselves, well, how will I do that? How will I prioritise waiting on the Father for his promise the power of the Spirit. What is that going to look like in your life? And maybe, maybe some stuff's coming to mind for you right now. Maybe part of that is, you know what? I'm, I'm coming on Sundays. That's locked in. That's locked in. I'm going to be with my church. Maybe there's, there's other ways at home. You're locking in those, those quiet times. You're locking in that time of worship. Whatever it is, prioritise it. Secondly, what did, who did they wait with? Was it on their own in their prayer closets? No, it was with other believers. So wait for the spirit and wait with the church. All right. So single-heartedly, the disciples joined together in constant prayer. They got together with others and they prayed and they prayed and they prayed earnestly, wholeheartedly passion, with fervour. You know, there's a saying, 
You can tell how popular a church is by who comes on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon in our case, okay? You can tell how popular a pastor or preacher is by who comes on Sunday night. A little bit more commitment involved in that one, isn't there, to, to make two, two, two goes. But you can tell how popular Jesus is by who comes to the prayer meeting. And you know, one of my quiet little measures of church health is to see how many people are keen for small groups and how many people are keen to gather and pray. I mean, I love seeing people here on Sundays. Love it. But I know that a truly healthy church wants to get together more than just once a week. And a truly healthy church loves to pray. Now, we can come along on Sundays for all sorts of reasons, friends, fellowship, a sense of belonging, and they're all good reasons. They're all good reasons. But I'm thinking we only go to a prayer meeting at night, midweek, because of Jesus, don't we? Now, I don't want to guilt you into coming to um, our, our Tuesday night connect group. I don't want to guilt you into being at a prayer meeting. I think you know me enough to know that I'm going to love you and pastor you and be your friend and, and, and care for you the, the best I can, whether you come to prayer meetings or not. All right? More importantly, I should also say, your heavenly Father loves you and accepts you, not because you come to prayer meetings and, and pray bold, mighty prayers, but, but because he just loves you and accepts you because of Jesus. So you know that, don't you? All right? But I will say this. If you've had a born-again encounter with Jesus, it's going to change your desires, isn't it? It's going to change your priorities. And so as you go about living out your faith as a disciple of the Jesus in this world, you're going to want to be at prayer meetings. You're going to want to gather with believers more than once a week. Once a week is not going to be enough. You're going to want more. We're going to be taking some time in our Tuesday night connect groups over the coming little while to pray. We'll celebrate communion together in, those, in that group and we're going to pray. We're going to worship and we're going to just pray that the promise of the Father would be filling the lives of believers. Will you come? Will you come? Come and be filled so that we can spread God's good image across this earth. Let me pray. Father God, we're just so aware of, of our need for your promise of the Spirit. And so, Lord, as we gather here and, and you know, even as we stand before you, why don't you just stand with me? Just, just stand. It's just this great sign of unity and togetherness. Just stand while, we, while I pray. Lord, as we stand here as your bride, your people, your, your, your people who have been chosen and, and called out. Your people who have been reborn into your image. As we stand here, we just open ourselves to the power of the Spirit to be at work in us and upon us. Why don't you just, if you, if you feel that, you know, you just want to, as a sign of surrender and openness, 
to the work of his spirit, why don't you just open your, open your arms, palms up, just to receive, just to receive from him this afternoon. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and just refresh and refill the lives of your people, your believers. Thank you, Lord. We just invite you, Holy Spirit. Fill up those people who are, who are, who are running on dry, who are running on empty. Fill them up with your love, Lord. as we go about our week this week would just the prayer in our hearts be to prioritise you Heavenly Father to wait on you for the, the, the power that is needed to be your called out people in this world thank you and we just thank you for your presence Just pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who died and rose again, that we might be reborn, that we might be forgiven, set free. Amen. If anyone would like prayer for anything, just feel free to come and I'd love to pray with you. But um, we've already sort of gone over. So if you'd like to go and there's a cuppa you can have down there. There's some food out on the tables. Uh, let's spend some time fellowshipping. Okay? Um, we're going to try and keep food outside if that's possible. All right. So please stay, grab a cuppa. But if you would like prayer for anything, any sickness, any other things, come. If you want prayer to be refreshed in the power of the Spirit or to receive the Spirit, come. Love to fight with you.